quick reminder to please check out and subscribe to the Oakland Warriors YouTube channel. I post these episodes. I shoot the video of it and I post them on YouTube. I have some really, really fun, interesting interactions with people in the YouTube comments. So uh, if you want to get in on that, please uh, jump on over to youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors and check us out over there. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by a special guest, uh, my uh, my longtime uh, friend, uh, Stephen DiBianco. Stephen, what's up, Stephen? Hey, doing well. Nice to nice to chat with you. Excited to be here. Yeah. So uh, for. All y'all who don't know, which is most people that listen to this podcast, because I separate this from the rest of my life, um, you know, Steve and I had a YouTube channel back in the day, like 10 years ago, uh, actually 11 years ago, we started called National Film Society. It's uh, still awesome and it's still there. So uh, if you want to uh, watch it, like it's, I mean, I have enough distance from it from the early days to say like, it's, it's freaking awesome. So <laughs> it is, uh, it is. yeah, so um, uh if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to to link to it like uh, like the old days. Um, but most importantly, uh, Steve is a longtime Clippers fan. And this is something when he and I started working together, the Warriors were still bad. And the Clippers, I believe, were getting a little bit better. They had Lob City happening. Was that is that true? Yeah, Blake, Chris Paul, that era. We went to a we went to a Clippers playoff game where they got destroyed by the Spurs together. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that, that era where it was like lots of promise, but, you know, still, you know, pretty far away from anything real. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as our teams got good, it was like interesting because I was really looking forward to way back when, I mean, they played in the playoffs, what once and the Clippers Clippers won in 2014 in the first round. I this believe. was, yeah, this was, there was a, there was I think a couple of years where they where they played in the playoffs, and there was a time where it was like whoa, there's this like heated rivalry, right? Like the Warriors and the Clippers don't like each other, and then the Warriors just became champions and really good, and the Clippers never made that leap, and you know the Warriors stopped. I think like even bothering to think about the Clippers as as a as a rival. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Clippers they they had their own interesting tale to tell over those uh over the, like the last decade or whatnot but um i just want to ask because like i always respected longtime clippers fans because there was nothing like when did you become a clippers fan i guess real quick and then uh because they were bad and then you know there was the quentin richardson darius miles era you know yeah, odom eric sure. piatkowski uh so when did you become a fan and, and what has it been like yeah so so my sort of start of my fandom began in the early 90s sort of danny manning era olden polonese gary grant um loy vaught uh mm-hmm. mark jackson uh let's see you know Larry Brown coaching like Larry Brown. I remember getting them to the, to the playoffs was such a big deal. So mm-hmm. that was, that was sort of where it began. I was living in Los Angeles. My brother and I collected uh, athlete autographs. And so we would go get Clippers autographs and Lakers autographs, shoot around before practice. 
And so at that time, I was more of a Lakers fan and just like a Clippers fan on the side where I sort of really started to switch my allegiance was that era of Darius Miles and Lamar Odom. And they were just so young and exciting to watch, so full of promise uh, that I really said, oh, wow, I'm really like paying attention to the Clippers now. And then when the Lakers had that season where they tried to buy a championship with Gary Payton and Carl Malone, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm switching to the Clippers. And so that was like around 2004 and have been Clippers first and foremost ever since. Do you actively dislike the Lakers or do you just lean more Clippers? Because it's it's interesting in L.A., you, you know, Lakers fans for a long time, they'll make fun of Clippers fans, especially in that 2020 bubble collapse uh, fiasco. Uh, but then Clippers fans, do they you know, actually really are they pulling for the Lakers to to lose? Are you are you happy about what you're seeing with uh, <laughs> your crosstown rivals? Yeah, so it's it's for me it's evolved. So I think back in let's say I can't remember it was 2009, 2010, like where the Lakers beat the Celtics and I was I was rooting for the Lakers. I was wanting them to to succeed. So I didn't necessarily have anything against the Lakers. I think as the Clippers have become way more relevant uh and they've you know, really just kind of owned the Lakers over the past few years, then to me, it's been interesting the backlash that Lakers fans have towards Clippers fans and mm -hmm. really hating on Clippers fans. And for as a longtime Clippers fan, it's like, oh, like, why are you even bothering to care about, like, you shouldn't care about the Clippers. The Clippers shouldn't even be on your radar. It just shows how bad you are. <laughs> right now. And so the fact that uh, Lakers fans are even paying attention or bothered by Clippers fans to me just shows like that, like, yeah, just the state of the Clippers are, are so much more promising, so much better than where, Clip where Lakers fans are today, especially, especially this season. They're, they're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so when you pop open ESPN.com and you see like a box score and you see that the Lakers played, are you more pulling like is your inner monologue or just instinct leaning more towards, I hope they lost or I hope they won. <laughs> I think that like, it's, it's like, it's more, the inner monologue is like, Oh, how much did the Lakers lose by this time? <laughs> just anticipating that they, that they will lose. Yeah. And it's just such a train wreck over there. Uh, it, it, it's like, it's so early in the season too. Like mm -hmm. there's no, there's like no way they're going to turn this thing around. Like it's so, it seems like it's so far off the rails yeah. that like, it's yeah. just going to be a long, long season for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's talk about the Clippers, man, because I spend so much time watching the Warriors and doing this show about the Warriors that I don't get a chance to really keep up with other teams. And it's funny because a season ago, when the Warriors were off their 18-2 and two start, I was keeping my eye on the Suns because they were right mm -hmm. up there. And mm -hmm. of course, the Suns ended up with the best record in the West. Uh, but right now, it's just, I don't even know. <laughs> I had to take, take a peek at the standings to see who was yeah. in the top six. And, right. you know, your Clippers started off slow, but like, they're what, like 10-6, and 10-7 now? So what... 
is the deal with them? Are they, they were supposed to be, a lot of people pick them as the top seed coming out of the West. How are they looking right now? Yeah, I think, again, it's like it's very early in the season. So I think that they're definitely have a lot to continue to work through the adjustment to at first, the first couple of games, Kawhi back and he was coming off the bench and then, and then he had knee issues with, you know, with the knee that he's, you know, had had problems with. So he was out for a while and they had to adjust to that and they were losing. They lost like two in a row to OKC who was like, at that point had like one win. Mm-hmm. They're having like super close, close games with the, with the Rockets. And so I think it's very much adjusting to the new rotation, having like John Wall uh, back or sorry, starting, you know, like as part of this new team and he brings a whole different energy. He's uh, just like attacking, attacking. And even somebody like Norman Powell, who was on the team last year, but was largely out due to injury once he, once the Clippers traded for him. And so you have all these sort of additions. They're figuring out like who's doing what. And I think the turning point happened a few weeks ago where basically Paul George was like, all right, like Kawhi's out. I'm just taking over. And then like one week he had a huge week. He was like, I believe like Western conference player of the week. He was averaging like close to 30. And so he just said like, all right, like I'm just going to like will us to victory and Mm -hmm. be that like, you know, alpha on the team. And that helped sort of turn things around and start to get them back to 500 and then creeping up above 500. And they went and they beat the Cavs, who at that time, I think only had like two losses or something like that. And then, you know, so they're, they're, they're on the right trajectory. I think things are looking good in terms of where they're at in the season and, and, you know, their title aspirations for the end of the season. How does Kawhi look to you? Because I actually haven't seen him play this season. I just saw photos about him like putting on, did he put on some weight or is he, is he, is he fat or is he just like more muscular or is he just out of shape? No, he's, he's, he's super muscular. So you can tell like the whole time he's been out, he's just been, hitting the gym and I've only seen him play uh, a big, a, a bit at the beginning of the season, the, the, I think the Lakers game, the first game there. And you see, I think basically these flashes of like, Oh man, this guy can just score at will. Like he just mm-hmm. goes, he's like his mid range is like just unstoppable. And you see that, but he, he's definitely still like working his way up to that. So that's not every possession. That's like maybe one out of five possessions. Right. So he's like, he's still finding his way back. His shot seems like isn't, isn't really there, his long range shot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there's a bit of like, just like hesitancy to like really go all out. Right. And, 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 and to me, it's like, okay, again, it's so early. It's a long season. Like build your way, build your way back. I mean, he made some comment after the first couple of games about like, oh yeah, coming back from an ACL is like a two-year process. Mm-hmm. And he was like, try to, I think, set expectations that way. Like, hey, like don't expect me to be like 
Superman right out of the gate. And if we go back to his season with Toronto, right, where they won, it was like he was on load management, right? He was barely playing. And then like, boom, come the playoffs. It's like, all right, that's when you, that's when you need him. And so obviously it's a long season. They, they still are figuring out how these pieces work together, but it's all about being in a good spot by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Is the prognosis that he'll be like, you know, back to who he was eventually like he's, it's an ACL, which obviously nowadays you can come back from. Um, but is he, you know, kind of on track, like what you, ex- what people expect from, uh, an I don't ACL. think so. No, I think, I think people, I think people are like, Oh shit, he's gonna come back and he'll just like kill it. And he'll be, you know, 25 points a night. And so, so I think there is some like, Oh, like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, he is, he isn't there. Right. And he's, he's still also right. Like restricted on minutes. And so very much like, okay, if he's if he stays at this level, like that's a that's a potentially a problem. You mm-hmm. know, if he's putting up like twenty three minutes, eight points a game, a few rebounds, right? Like a few assists, that's serviceable. That's not like the guy you signed to the max contract, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, and so, really, what you what you hope is that like okay, I mean, as a Clippers fan, is like okay, this is just like natural. It's gonna you know lots of rust. It'll mm-hmm. take time, and then you know we'll we'll see where we're at later in the year. Yeah, how's how's John Wall looked? I mean, that dude didn't play for yeah a couple years, three years. I forgot it's been ages, you know. Um, right. And I thought that was a good pickup. Uh, how how does he look? I almost wish the Warriors had somebody like that, considering their their bench is so young right now. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's your take on John Wall yeah so he he again brings this like tons of energy that attacking you know attacking the paint uh and and that's something that's very I would say a good change of pace for the Clippers because and like right now he's coming off the bench and he's Mm -hmm. even sitting on like back-to-backs and so they're also just trying to build him back up as well after having taken so much time off. And so with him, I think that like watching some of the early games, it was like, whoa, he's driving past like everybody. And even his own teammates are like, don't know what to do because they're not used to playing with somebody like that. Right. And so, and so his, his, his style, his speed is um, an adjustment it's something that I would say is 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 very welcome, and as somebody coming off the off the bench, uh, just yeah, is is like the right type of energy, something that you know that you want to like really move the offense, keep things going, mm-hmm. and so I would say, considering that they didn't have to pay a lot or give up anything to get him, uh, really good addition. Uh, what we're seeing lately is like Reggie Jackson, who's starting, is putting up some points. Uh, you know, putting up over 20 points the last few games. And like, that's what you need. And that's what you, as a fan, as a Clippers fan, it was like, oh, what's going to happen, right? Are they going to like split their time? And it's like, oh no, it's great if like Reggie can be, because last year 
with everybody out, he had to carry the team and he scored a bunch and not with a good percentage, but like, Hey, he was like, who kind of like was the foundation of their offense in many ways. And so him not taking a step back, but still being a reliable, you know, producer points wise then gives you, you know, like, yeah, there's not a ton of pressure on John Wall to come in and put up like 10, 14 points, a few assists. You've got a, you know, pretty well-rounded, you know, backcourt at that point. How does he look compared to how he looked before percentage-wise or what are people saying? Does he look like his speed, his hops, his athleticism is like, 90%, 80%, half of what he was before. Like what's the what's the word on the street? He's definitely lost the staff, right? Like he's yeah. just he's just older, he's time off. Um, so he isn't, you know, my guess is it's probably in like the 20% range off of, you know, mm-hmm. where he was in his in his heyday, but uh it's still though like very aggressive, which yeah. is, you know, you don't have to be necessarily the fastest guy on the yeah. court to, to, I think he still has that belief and he's making like crazy passes and like doing, you know, crazy layups and stuff like that. That's like, Oh, that's just a different mindset of like how you, how you play the game and how you attack the basket. Right. Right. It's interesting because like, obviously similar to maybe a, a clay Thompson who's coming off a couple of catastrophic injuries. Yeah. Uh, and, it's definitely, you know, talking, hearing you talk about Kawhi and John Wall, it's obviously something similar to what Warriors fans are experiencing with, with Clay and just, you know, leaving room for patience. Uh, I think the Warriors start has been so bad. There's been a lot more hand wringing and mm. at least uh, Twitter shouting for, for change. Uh, but uh, do you get the sense that John Wall has like accepted where he's at? Uh, I'm sure it's easier to come to a new team and be like, okay, I'm just going to try to fit in instead of, you know, having his own team and trying to be who he was, which for a while it seemed like Clay Thompson was struggling with. And I feel Mm. like he's found his groove, but is wall like, I'm going to do the things, but I'm not going to try to be uh, Eastern conference all-star John wall. Absolutely. Yeah. That was going into going into the season. He has very much taken that approach of, being hey team first here i don't have to be front and center uh, on this squad i can do whatever i can do to help help us win and yeah you're seeing that for sure with him again just like coming off the bench and producing that way and that's again like thinking about that ultimate goal of winning a championship, right? It's like, you need role players. You can't have everybody as the star you need, but then you also need a few, you know, a handful of guys that can go for 25 when you need it, when your star is hurt or your whatever is in foul trouble or issues. Right. And so I think that's, what's exciting because you have wall who can do that. Reggie Jackson, who can do that. You have um, Powell who can do that to a certain extent. Morris can come up with 20 sometimes. And so there's a few different, you know, that's that's the big, you know, sort of uh, opportunity that the Clippers have, right, is that they have such depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the key, though, is staying healthy and then making sure that they have enough time 
to figure out how to play well together, yeah. you know, over the course of the season so that it, it, it isn't like starting from scratch come, come the postseason. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open, do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you trust Paul George? I mean, what's your opinion of of uh, him? Did that 2020 hitting the side of the backboard playoff piece stuff, did that ding your opinion of what Paul George can do, who he is as a, as a player? Do you think that was just a fluke and you're like a big Paul George fan? Yeah, it's 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 hard. I think that certainly he's there's a reason that that he built that reputation, right? That negative reputation is sort of choking in the playoffs. And so you it's hard to it's hard to shed that. Uh but what he did when a couple of years ago when Kawhi went went down and he really stepped up and got them into the Western Conference Finals. And, and so to me, it's like, I can't think of in many ways, like a better Clippers player. So like (laughs) in the sense that, in the sense of like, Hey, who are the Clippers? The Clippers are like losers. They're underdogs. (laughs) They're like, nobody expects them to do anything. Right. And it's like, Oh, cool. If you're like Paul George, it's like, Oh, that's like kind of like you, right? Like nobody respects you. Nobody thinks you're like that good. Mm-hmm. And then you're out to like prove everybody wrong. And that's to me that embodies like the Clippers spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how does he look in terms of health, his shoulder and all that stuff? Yeah. So he's, he's out right now. Um, and you know, I'm not sure what the extent is of this latest injury. Um, I think it's probably pretty mild. My sense is like, oh man, I'm not taking it for granted at all that these guys are going to be healthy, you know, <laughs> like very long. It's like really, I think this is something like year four or something of the mm-hmm. Paul George, Kawhi experiment. They haven't been both healthy, right? Like if anything, it's been nothing but inconsistent, right, over the past several years. So I just, again, like hopeful that they can click, stay healthy, and, you know, be in a good spot. And we've seen, right, with in the past where, you know, obviously with the Warriors, but other teams where it's just like health down the, you know, down the stretches is everything. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the uh, Warriors dynasty run, everything, every win or loss in the finals can be pointed to to health. Yeah. Them, right. The um, even Cavs fans will argue that if Kyrie Irving and 
Kevin Love in the first one. And then uh, the Warriors had a bunch of nagging injuries in the 2016 one. And then, of course, you go to both Clay and uh, KD being out uh, against the Raptors. If they're healthy, that series goes five for the Warriors, you know? Um, But, uh, yeah, I find that. I find that interesting because Paul George was one of my, when he was on the Pacers, I really liked him, right? Because mm. he, he was this guy. I remember him getting drafted. Yeah. I love seeing guys who have two first names and, <laughs> and I was like, this is Paul George, dude. Um, and, uh, and I, I didn't realize he would be so good for the Pacers, right? He, he was in the MVP race that year that they were coming after the heat. And he was like, the first guy that I recall who could actually play LeBron kind of straight up. Hmm. And, um, and then obviously the, the leg injury, but then he's had this funky arc, right? Because all of a sudden he became kind of a, uh, a supporting character with OKC and Russ. Right. Right. And then coming to the Clippers being that second banana in theory to uh, Kawhi. But how long do you think, their window is open because it's four years. That first year was obviously their best chance because they were like right there with a three, one lead. And, and then injuries have been the last, the the second and third seasons. Sure. What are you feeling is their, their window at, at this point? Yeah, it's, it's not more to me. It's not more than, next year at at most it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's this year maybe next year like that's it now that being said it's like well you have the richest owner in like north american sports right so they're right building this new arena and you know all of this stuff so like the long-term future is bright in that sense. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, given this sort of current formation of this team, uh, this is, this is it. It's, it's like, it's all been <laughs> building up to this. It's like, it's, it's gotta work now. If the Clippers were able to snag like one title in this window, mm. obviously the narrative changes, but also the vibe might change around LA a little bit, right? You're always going to have the 17 <laughs> banners, Lakers fans. Like when you argue with a Lakers fan, ultimately it just comes down to like 17 banners or whatever number they have. I forgot. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a chance Clippers, the Clippers could snag some Gen Z fans <laughs> if they, uh, if the Lakers are down and they snag one and then there's like this new arena and Steve Ballmer keeps spending, it, it could change their, their near future, you know? Yeah. I think that there's tons of right. Like diehard Lakers fans. I think the way that the Clippers have positioned themselves in Los Angeles through their billboards, through their advertising, it's about, yeah, the alternative to the Lakers. It's not about like glamour and like showtime, right? It's about like that gritty, like working class, you know, type of type of brand. And so to me, you know, that like that resonates and I, I really appreciate that. And I think there's other people out there who, 
who feel the same way. LA is a big market, lots of, lots of people there. And, and so, um, and, you know, obviously, as we mentioned, the Lakers aren't doing themselves any favors <laughs> with how they're playing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you what, uh, makes Ty Lue such a, a good coach because I was down on Ty Lue, obviously in mm. 2016, I was like, sure. Oh, he just took over a team that David Blatt, uh, um, brought along and, um, you know, did some, and he got lucky. Right. But then I actually really like Ty Lue now. I think he's one of the top five coaches in the league. I think that him taking over for doc rivers, I'm, I think Doc Rivers is overrated. I think he's a great motivator, a great communicator, can relate to the players. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think he's uh, a great coach overall. Yeah. But um, I think Ty Lue, I, I think that's actually one of the biggest X factors. Because I look at the Clippers and Ty Lue, I think, is someone that, as a Warriors fan, not necessarily scares me, but I'm like, okay, he has something. And yeah. then I look at Kawhi, of course, he has something. No coincidence that both these dudes beat the Warriors in the finals. But um, what what do you think makes Ty Lue such a, a a good coach? Yeah, I mean, I think you know what comes down to certainly is that end of game management, being that tactician, understanding how to make those right chess moves at the end of the game when when it when everything's on the line, mm-hmm. and that's that's just a different, totally different situation than with Doc Rivers where it was just like, oh man, they're going to blow it. Like, I just know it. And, and certainly like there was, there was other times where it was like, well, if they don't blow it, it's because Chris Paul just willed them again to victory. Like he just is making the incredible shots and making everything happen that needed to happen to win. And so it was like, they won in those situations in spite of doc rivers. Mm -hmm. And so, with me, it's like, oh, not only does Ty Lu have that ability to really impact the game to help them win, but then it's also, I think he has that buy-in from the team where they trust him and they're like, okay, we can, we can do this in a way that like, yeah, would with Doc Rivers, it was just like, oh man, and here we go again. Like, and to me, I'm like, oh, and then now the Sixers fans like understand it. And like, and it's like, yep, you could take it. We don't want them. It's like, look now, you're still no closer to a championship than you were before. Yeah, I, I don't see the Sixers ever winning a title in this uh, in the next five years or anything like that. I mean, a lot can change. So I'll say in the next two years. Or whatever, uh, especially now that they signed James Harden uh, for for a while. What's your prediction for this uh, Clippers Warriors game? It's in it's in San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. I mean, I uh, I think the I think the Clippers are on a good streak right now. They just beat the Jazz, who are right. Like everybody's surprised that they're top of the West instead yeah. of at the very bottom, mm-hmm. and so. Um, yeah, I'm liking I'm liking the Clippers. I, I think the Clippers have a have a good chance to 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 come up on top here. While I think the Warriors are still like kind of back and forth, haven't yet found their groove. And mm-hmm. so, uh, not that the Clippers are like riding super hot, but it's just like, hey, here's uh, 
this is a winnable this is a winnable game for them yeah and it's crazy because a month ago uh i mean i guess it still would have been a a decent battle but i was i would have been like oh if paul george is out and Kawhi is Kawhi's gonna play um i think so because i think they played if it's a if it's a back-to-back i can't remember if they played it's not a back-to-back okay then he he should play i think okay and but paul george is out yeah i believe so yeah i'll take the warriors <laughs> it's 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 a warrior show and and they they took a they rested the the starters and the vets against the pelicans so they have an extra extra day and um and whatnot let me let me ask you one last thing who is your favorite clippers player of all time back in the early 90s um when my brother and i would get autographs uh loy vott was just like a mm-hmm. very, you know, kind of unsung hero, like doing, you know, getting the boards, getting points, but just doing all that stuff that you needed to 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 kind of push the team forward. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother has like a pair of Loivat like shoes, like Loivat gave him some shoes, autographed and stuff like that. Wow. So Loivat holds a special place in my heart among uh, all, you know, sort of Clippers um so he's yeah he's he's number one yeah uh, i was a loy vaught fan you know at michigan i thought uh uh he was i mean he if he played now uh he'd be very very solid and he'd probably learn how to shoot a three-point shot <laughs> um yeah you know uh you talk about autographs i remember one time when i was a, a kid my friends and i it was my friend's birthday so we went to a Warriors Kings game. And this is when the Kings had uh, those powder blue uniforms still. And we split up in groups and we found each other. And then it was so late that the players were coming out of the uh, tunnel. The, the tunnel. Yeah. And going to, we were outside. They were, they were going to the cars. The Kings mm-hmm. were getting on their bus. Danny Ainge was the nicest guy <laughs> like I'd ever met. And I grew up hating Danny Ainge. And right now, like, I'm I'm old, so I don't really hate anybody in the NBA. <laughs> but I will never forget that he was signing autographs for us. Like there were like twelve of us, and he was really nice, really gracious, and a very very uh, cool dude. So my opinion of Danny Ainge changed on the spot. I, I'm not a Danny Ainge fan, but uh, when I see him, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, not so bad. That's so <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, and he's he's the mastermind behind this jazz, right? Like them dumping Mitchell and Mark in it, or getting Mark in it and like doing all this stuff. And it's Peter like... Peter Gobert, yeah. Peter Gobert, like, and the Wolves are terrible right now. Gobert, I have him yeah. on my fantasy team. He scored like no field goals or something like the other game. It's just like a mess. Yeah. And that's like only making those draft picks that the jazz got like more valuable. Yeah, wild. It's like, oh, they should have just traded for Mitchell instead, right? Instead of Gobert. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I, I thought the Wolves would be good. I think a lot of people did. And yeah. looking at uh, them and kind of hearing what the problem is, like, you know, the lane is so crowded. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards hasn't taken the leap. He doesn't have as many driving lanes. And I always said that losing Pat Beverly was going to be huge to them because he was the one person last season that brought some fire yeah. to their team. And of course, 
I'm very, very down on D'Angelo Russell. I think uh, he is completely, I mean, at this point, I think he's perfectly rated because I thought he was overrated for so long. Sure. Uh, he's only a max player because the Warriors needed to get yeah. him for KD. So they had to pay him whatever his, Ma- right. his max was. He's not a max player. He was an all-star kind of on a technicality, right? An injury replacement in the East, which was still weaker back then. And uh, he's just not a very good, he's not a winning player, plain and simple. So uh, he's not somebody that's going to lead the team. So they have no leaders. It's not Anthony Edwards yet. It's not Carl Anthony Towns as much as he tries to do it. Definitely not Gobert. It's not D'Angelo Russell. So what are you, what are you left with? I, I haven't, really tuned in to sometimes I would listen to the Timberwolves podcasts or read some of their local papers because the Warriors were tied to their uh, draft pick for mm. so long, the Jonathan mm. Kaminga pick, but I haven't in a while. So I'm, I'm curious to, to hear some of the hand wringing and, and doom and gloom. Like, are they really freaking out? Because they gave up their future as well uh, for, for now. And uh, what Gobert's in his early thirties and, Edwards is in his early 20s. So, like, how is that all going to, to suss out? But yeah, Danny Ainge, you know, did the Celtics, did the Jazz. Uh, and uh, he's an excellent exec and a, a nice guy from my, my childhood. But the thing about the Clippers is they have Jerry West, who, in my opinion, is the greatest Laker of all time because not only on the court, but he built some of those teams. Oh, and yeah. everywhere he's gone, everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah. Uh, the Grizzlies got decent. Uh, the Warriors obviously became what they are, and he's helped transform the Clippers. They just had, you know, bad luck and uh, bad bubble execution. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> All right, man. Well, no, thank you for for coming onto the show. That was uh, a lot of fun. I've I don't think we've ever talked so in depth about basketball or the Clippers. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, Stephen DiPianco. And by the way, Steve has his own podcast called Metaverse Brands. And Steve, so, you know, we we work together. Steve is now in the metaverse. Like this, uh, he, he's, he's not real anymore. He's totally just in the future. So yeah. uh, tune in to, to his podcast if you're interested in uh, the metaverse, what it is, what's happening. So um, please do uh, tune in to that. Thanks. All right, man. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.